Welcome to the Bridge Association of Realtors podcast, where we spotlight Bay Area realtor members and affiliates and share information about how the association can better serve our members. I'm your host, Declan Spring. Today I'm chatting with Patricia Bennett about the Bridge Association of Realtors Community Foundation. Now, before we get to my conversation with Patricia Bennett about the Community Foundation, there's a few things I want to mention. First and foremost, and of highest priority, is a realtor safety notice. All members of Bridge Association of Realtors will have received an email mentioning the fact that on June 12th, a real estate agent heading to Broker's Open House in Oakland was accosted by two armed men as he approached the house. The men demanded the agent's possessions and the agent refused and was struck in the forehead with a gun. The agent quickly ran inside the house, locked the door, and the men fled without obtaining any of his possessions or inflicting further harm. The agent believes that the men were just waiting around for an opportune moment to rob someone who was vulnerable. So, as a realtor, please be diligent. This is not an isolated incident. As a realtor, it's important to have a personal safety protocol in place that you use every day when you're meeting new clients, showing properties, even sharing information online. I'll devote an entire episode to this incredibly important issue at a later date. But for now, really, really do please just review your safety protocol and be extraordinarily diligent when you're visiting property. And please be safe out there. Okay, and on a far less important note, I'll be taking a break from the podcast until around about the middle of July. So this is the last episode for just a little while, maybe a month or so. What I'd really love, though, what I'd really love is to hear from you. I'd love for you to reach out. If you're a realtor and you have something to share, you want to talk to me on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Call me at 415-446-8591 or email me, Declan, at redoakrealty.com. And uh, let's chat about what you can bring to the podcast. How about that? I do have just a couple of more announcements about upcoming Bridge AOR events and regular meetings, but I'll leave those until after the conversation with Patricia. So if you could just hang on for just a minute after the conversation, you'll get up to speed on those various announcements. So without further ado, I bring you my conversation with Patricia Bennett. Today, I am speaking with Patricia Bennett. I'm grateful to have you on the show, Patricia. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Declan. What we're going to chat about today is the Community Foundation, because you're a committee member there. I mean, you've been involved with uh, the Association of Realtors and its various iterations over the years at a fairly in-depth level. So I'm really delighted to have you on because it's application time for the Community Foundation. So I want to get into that. And yeah. uh, we'll talk about all of that. But first, Patricia, you're with Compass, and you've been in the East Bay for oh, over 40 years at this point. Tell us a bit about your background, your move from New York, 
and you know your life here when you got into real estate and all of the amazing things you've done, especially with respect to volunteering for the association. Well, I um I came from New York City. I grew up in New York City, and um, I got tired of the weather. <laughs> so I came to California and I immediately loved it. I, I actually lived in Southern California for a while, but San Francisco won my heart when I visited. And mm. so I lived in San Francisco for five years. Mm. And uh, I moved to Oakland in 1978 because uh, the housing was less expensive. Mm -hmm. Surprise. And uh, the schools were good. And so, uh, and I had children in school. So, um, we came over here. I'm in the same house I moved into as a renter. Uh, and, you know, it's been 45 years. And um, a few years after that, in 1985, I got my real estate license. I've been wow. active and, and full-time ever since, 38 years. Mm. You know, it's so interesting because uh, how, how, do you, how do you look at the, at the landscape for agents now with respect to you know the the amount of disclosure and documents and you know pages and pages and just the complexity of you know being a realtor nowadays versus back in the 70s i don't want to in any way or sorry in the 80s i don't want to in any way say that it was simpler or easier in the 80s it's always been a job where you know it's it is it's complicated and we're navigating uh, incredible waters for our clients and with our clients, but but what are, what are, how has it evolved as a, as a career um, in terms of complexity? Well, interestingly enough, I was I think part of the first wave of agents who are coming from corporate jobs and and other careers, and uh, we brought things the very very first technology. Um, uh, we had computers, you know, we started with computers. I mean, they were very, very basic. I think the first Apple computer I got was in 1981 and it was a monster. <laughs> and then I got WordPerfect and I was able to do mail merge letters. And so, you know, technology has, you know, of course, advanced by leaps and bounds. And um, the the climate is different as well. I mean, there are a lot more agents now there's uh, a lot more uh, risk management now. Mm. Um, but, you know, some of the basics are, are still the same. Um, it's always been a business where, you know, the more exposure you gave to uh, a property, the quicker it was going to sell. Mm. And, uh, and that's the case. And we've been helped a lot by the internet and by social media. That's just tremendous. Something that I'm personally interested in because it's such a, a unique feature, especially of East Bay real estate, is this uh, list versus sales price, you know, percentage difference that that is just so part of the East Bay real estate culture. How long back in time do you remember that existing? Well, I remember presenting offers uh, in the late 80s, 88, 89, and there was competition. So what you might have is instead of a 90-day escrow, you might be offering a 45-day escrow. Uh, but there wasn't this vast percentage difference in price because there right. was no deliberate underlisting. 
Huh. You know, I think that what happened is it, it evolved when when uh, real estate just started climbing all over the state. So uh, it it's sort of a natural evolution that property values would go up so high. But this pricing strategy is something I would like to see um, disappear. I don't, I don't think it's fair for buyers to have to guess. And I don't think it's fair for new agents to have to guess, you know, what they should be recommending or what comparables they should be showing or, or basically what they should be telling their clients. It's, it's something I'd like to see toned down a little bit. Well, thanks for your thoughts on that. Well, and I appreciate you having an opinion on it. I'm sure a lot of people feel the same of you. It's a difficult thing to, to make a, a change to. So when did you first become involved with the Association of Realtors? Well, I always thought highly of the association. I had a lot of friends who were active in leadership. Huh. Uh, a lot of them were you know, colleagues in my office, and we became friendly. And to this day, people who I met at the association are dear, dear friends of mine. Mm. Um, so... Um, but my my active participation in terms of um, you know leadership and being on the board and that kind of thing uh, didn't really happen until my children were all grown. I mean, it was it was difficult to juggle a full time career and four children and mm. um, and still volunteer my time. So that was very limited. But I remember uh, when I finally did have a little bit more time. Um, I only had one child still at home. I was approached by John Holmgren, who was the president of the Oakland Association of Realtors, and he needed a new um, uh, committee chair for the Professional Standards Committee, and he talked me into it. So I, I did that, and uh, I stayed on that committee. I was chair of that committee for eight years, and and that, that gave me a good taste of, of what the association was doing for its members, and I, I always admired their efforts. Mm. They did a great job of, <laughs> uh, of communicating things that we needed to know about the industry. And and that was also um, something that was an eye opener for me. I really didn't understand um, uh -huh. that the um, the association uh, was our advocate with local city government and even on a state level. And when I learned about that, it really sparked my attention. Mm. And I, I st still stay involved on that level because I think it's very, very important to know at least what's coming, even if we can't control it. Um, you know, we saw the beginnings of rent control, the very beginnings of rent control. Mm -hmm. and we knew right away that that was gonna be an area that could be very unfair to homeowners. Mm. We were there from the beginning with that and worked really hard to understand it and try to, uh, you know, have some say in it and, and at least get a position at the table. And I think in the last 10 years, we've done a very good job of that. I agree. The Realtor Action Fund is, is tireless and there's so much to lobby for on behalf of private uh, property uh, and ownership, you know, and they just do a great job. Let's see, by uh, 2017, I think it was, you you made it uh, all the way to being president, right, of the Oakland Association of Realtors. Actually, no, it was uh, the Oakland Berkeley Association. Okay, and that was, right, we were the Oakland Berkeley Association of Realtors prior to being named Bridge, right? So 
Correct. So you were president in 2017. 17. And that was great. It was the first chance I got to go to NAR. And I went to Chicago and it's twice to Chicago uh, and once to Los Angeles for NAR and, um, and saw things on the national level. Um, and I got to um, meet realtors from all over the country and sit at round tables and we talked about things. And, and interestingly enough, one of, the, uh, one of the best round tables I ever attended was about um, our community foundation and similar uh, committees and foundations and funds that uh, associations had across the country. Mm. I got to hear about some of the things that they were doing. Some of them, you know, we couldn't even imagine doing because they were in small towns and we were in a city. It really was an eye opener um, that um, there were a lot of things that we could be doing. And, and, and that prompted us to do, you know, uh, backpack collections for for uh, local boys and girls clubs. That was one of the things that came out of that. And, um, and a few other things. So I enjoyed seeing things on that level. And you're, that's great. And you're a committee uh, member uh, for the Community Foundation, which you told me is near and dear to your heart. You know, the reason I really wanted to chat to you this week is because uh, applications uh, are now being taken. Uh, I think it's through the end of July. You can walk me through it. But, but realtors should be aware of the Community Foundation and, you know, what it means to the community and how realtors can get the application out there into the right hands for people who need support. So let's let's talk a bit about your, your deep interest in the Community Foundation. Uh, the Community Foundation, the genesis of the Community Foundation was with the Berkeley Association of Realtors and the Oakland Association of Realtors, who each had their own uh, fund. Uh, Berkeley, it was the community fund. And in Oakland, it was a sponsorship of a, uh, at the Oralee Brown Foundation. And so we uh, joined forces when we merged the associations and it is a nonprofit. And mm. we uh, have collected as much as $150,000 a year and you know, in, in other years less, but uh, we have had as many as 117 small organizations apply for grants to the community foundation and wow. uh last year and the year before we only had 20 applications a lot of organizations you know had to stop operations during the pandemic so they've yeah. they're coming yeah. back now they've come back uh and we're very very happy that that has occurred but basically we have we collect money all year long from this for this fund we have certain criteria. The organizations who apply for these funds have to be a um, million dollars or less uh, annual income uh, budget. Mm. They have to uh, provide us with an application. So the application period started on June 1st. It goes through July 31st. Mm. And what I'd like to have is uh, for all of our members and realtors to remind the people that they know who, who um run these organizations or organizations that are near and dear to, to our members' hearts to please let people know, get the word out that these organizations can get uh, up to $3,500 uh, from the grant uh, awards. You know, we'd love to have more participation. We're going to actually um, have a, an in-person awards ceremony this year, which is something we haven't had for a few years, and that'll be on August 24th 
and it'll be at the association meeting room. Mm. We have um, hors d'oeuvres and uh, a couple of speakers, and then we hand the checks out to the organization. So I'm really looking forward to doing that in person again. It's always a very lovely, lovely event. Some of the groups that we help, uh, we have three categories of groups. We have youth arts and education. We have um, workforce housing and homelessness and we have senior services. Mm. Most of our funds, uh, most of the grants that we, applications we receive come for the youth arts and education. Um, But we've had some things that have crossed paths. For instance, last year, one of the donations went out to uh, the Covenant House and Covenant House has a a program Mm. for youth, youth 18 to 24, uh, most of the people who come to the program are homeless. Mm. They provide services. They provide counseling. They provide all kinds of services that these uh, young people need. Our grant last year provided them with uh, hygiene supplies so that they could give out hygiene supplies to these young people. Uh, we also uh, had a grant for the Oakland Housing Authority. Uh, they have a, a, a an arm that does uh, outreach to seniors, and they had a program they started during the pandemic for housebound seniors who um, they would bring them art supplies and arts wow. and crafts supplies and uh, paint so they could paint, paint little birdhouses and things and keep their minds occupied. One of the other ones was the um, Capera Arts Foundation. I'm looking at my notes. The Capera Arts Foundation. They have a program for African-Brazilian children who join this program and and learn about their culture Mm. through dance. And they Mm. learn samba and and other dances. They join these little dance clubs all over the city. And uh, our grant went toward transportation to get them to events and lunches for their program because many of these children uh, rely on school lunches, and a lot of those school lunches haven't been provided in the last couple of years. So wow. um, we were very happy to support them. You know, it's just beautiful. These are all such great nonprofits and such wonderful projects with great missions, local with some, you know smaller budgets. And I know they appreciate all of the help they can get. So if realtors, you know, realtors will, I, I'll put a uh, more information. Uh, there'll be a link to the community foundation and the application in the show notes. And if realtors want to get themselves out there into the, you know, and, and chat with uh, their neighbors and their community, this is a lovely opportunity to reach out, right? For each realtor to reach out to the community and say, hey, look, we, we're providing these grants through my association. Here, Here's the application information and, and uh, you know, please be a part of it. I just think it's, it's a wonderful giving, um, you know, a giving possibility for for each and every realtor to to uh, you know get their name out into the community in a in a genuine way through through some action like this. The other thing I, I would like to remind our members and our realtors is that um, you know we can't do this without you. If you could remember every time you close a sale or every time you fund a loan um, to to think about the organization and 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 hit that donate button on the Bridge Association of Realtors website. That would be wonderful. That's great. Yes. And if you're doing that, of course, it's something else you can let your clients know that you're doing, you know, as as part of giving back through commissions. Well, Patricia, I promise you I wouldn't take up a whole lot more of your time, but uh, we'll just remind everybody again. 
Uh, it's Patricia Bennett. You're at Compass. Do you want to let people know your uh, email address? Should anybody yes. want to reach out? Please, if you want to reach out, don't hesitate. It's patricia.bennett at compass.com. And Bennett has two N's and two T's. That's wonderful. Patricia, I'm really grateful you had time to talk to me about this today. And uh, thanks for all the, all the work you do on behalf of Bridge Association of Realtors and the community. Thank you so much, Dickman. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's see what's upcoming on the Bridge Association of Realtors calendar that I should mention. June 28th from noon to 1.30 p.m. is our next Power Hour hosted by YPN. This is an in-person event at the Training Center on Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley with lunch provided by affiliate member Ruth Straup at Farmers Insurance. Thank you, Ruth. Mix, mingle, and maximize. Join the YPN committee for a speed networking event and tips and tricks on effective networking. That sounds like fun. There's a registration link in the show notes. And let's talk about RAW, the realtor and affiliate wellness drop-in meetings that occur every fourth Friday of the month from 11 a.m. to 12.15 p.m., the fourth Friday of this month falls on June 24th. Come and find serenity with us in a safe place where our members help each other in a confidential and anonymous setting to discuss matters that may be affecting their personal and business lives. The group remains anonymous. No registration is required. It's a drop-in. So again, that's June 24th, 11 a.m. to 12.15 p.m. at the Training Center on Telegraph. Let's do the credits. I'm your host, Declan Spring. Please reach out to me at 415-446-8591 with comments or suggestions, or you can email me at Declan at RedOakRealty.com. Thanks to Divina Lara, CEO of Bridge Association of Realtors and the staff at Bridge Association and our current Bridge Association of Realtors president, Felicia Marisvilla, for making the show possible. Thanks to Chuck Lindo for the podcast music, Chuck Lindo music at gmail.com. He's awesome. And Lisa Mazer for our graphics, lisamazerdesign.com. Catch you on the next podcast, everybody. That's going to be somewhere in mid-July. In the meantime, please like the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. If you give us a review, it'll help us out tremendously. And please share this podcast with your industry friends and anybody else who might be interested. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend if you're listening to this before then. Music